Welcome to the Variant Cast on the Racial Draft Podcast Network. I am your host, Michael Ford, the Variant at the Edge of Time. He who he who remains, um, played by Terrence Howard, obviously. Um, but uh, I am joined by fellow Variant from which Earth in the multiverse? Uh, I'm from Earth uh, two for five, maybe. <laughs> Buy three, get one free. I, I don't know. Yeah. That is the dulcet tones of Carlos Freitas Jr. Carlos, we are here to discuss both the season finale and the overall first season. That's right. Not only season, first season of Low Key, the Marvel Disney Plus series. Uh, hop in. Tell us what tell us what you thought. Um, I was so... Well, I'll put it in context. I started watching black widow the night before fell asleep watching black widow because i was very late and then woke up at about four in the morning finished black widow very pleasantly surprised with how much i liked black widow and then right into loki expecting expecting honestly to be like not necessarily disappointed but just kind of like okay they had ended you know because that's kind of where i was at the end of winter falcon Mm -hmm. and and I was not happy with the ending of WandaVision. So coming out of Loki, the, the finale of Loki, I was like, I've just been pleasantly surprised by Marvel twice in two hours. Like <laughs> it was a wow. really it was a really nice feeling. Um, everything I thought that they weren't going to do because of reasons that we had all kind of yeah. uh, we, we had basically we had made our peace with the uh, what we thought was the reality that 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 uh this so-called integration of the movies and the TV shows was only going to exist at a B tier rather than an A tier. And and, and, and and listen, I I bought into it because I spent the like as much as we talked about Kang on this podcast, right. as much as we, you know, kept saying that it made so much sense that uh Kang be the guy behind it all we all tried to sort of say, but I mean, but they're not going to like have Jonathan majors right. just like walk out and be like, Hey, it's me, Jonathan majors, a major, major actor that was announced <laughs> to play Kang in the movie, like two years from now. If you would have told me that this, that the series ends with no Kang, but Loki gets sent back to the TVA. And now the statue of the timekeepers is, is the Kang Ken. statue. That's exactly what I thought it, was going to yes. be the, the thing. Yes, I agree. If they had done the entire monologue um, in teletype, you know, where, I mean, it would have been weird, but, but like <laughs> if, if, you know, if, if instead of acting, you got the words of uh, he who remains um, and it sort of played out, you know, I mean, obviously, it would require extensive rewrites. But, but like you said, if the right. if the lasting image was, oh my God, that's Kang, right? You know, but they did, you know, they did us one further because they showed us, uh, he who remains, um, who's, I, I, I want to claim credit for this, but I, I, I can't claim all the way credit for this because I did say that I could see there being kind of like a like a 1.0 version of Kang. Mm-hmm. Sure. It was like a lesser Kang who needed to go in order to set up like the real Kang. Yes. But now, but what I did predict, which was wrong, I will 
fully cop to being wrong, is that I thought that it was Kang's design, lesser Kang, he who remains, Kang 1.0, whatever you want to call him. Sure. I thought I thought that he was it was his plan to to unleash the multiverse so that he could be uh, completely unleashed. Um, I hadn't considered the idea that he was basically trying to warn Loki against it. You know, that he explain he did all the heavy lifting of explaining why we should fear the big bad. The speech that normally someone else gives, like I think it was uh, not Gamora, it was uh, I think it was um, Nebula who gave the speech about why we should be why we should all be afraid of Thanos, mm-hmm. of Thanos, you know, right. um, so that Thanos didn't have to do it. Like right. in this situation, you had like Kang be his own hype man. He's <laughs> like, I mean, you think I'm bad? All this stuff that you see the TVA doing, like I'm. Other versions of me are much worse. <laughs> you think Kang's bad? Wait till you see Kang. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> basically. And 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 I thought that he sold it. I thought that he did a really good job of saying, like, I have seen some shit. Mm-hmm. I've been through some shit. And yeah, I fully acknowledge that I've done some heinous things. But if you have a problem with me, <laughs> right, right. Uh, do you want infinite me's? Right. And, you know, that's, I mean, that's the dilemma at the heart of the episode. So let's, so let's start there. Um, uh, did, was Sylvie right? Or did Sylvie do a Peter Quill move? I, th- I think the answer is yes. <laughs> right? I mean, like, she, she, she had, she was completely justified in wanting to kill the man who ruined her life. But she was not seeing the big picture. She was blinded by vengeance, right? So she, I mean, I think my favorite part of Kang's whole spiel, let's call him he who remains, this whole spiel is when she's like, he's like, grow up, Sylvie, grow up. Like, you're not seeing it. Like, like your, your personal little gripe is not, and I thought it was universes. Yeah, I thought it was extra poignant because we had already seen um, child Sylvie. And yeah. we know that her beef comes from something that happened to her as a child. You know, right. her whole life was taken away from her and she's had to live out this life on the run as a variant. And yeah, I get it why she would have beef with the entire system. Right. But at the same time, you know, like he said, now that I've laid out exactly what's at stake, are you really going to put your petty um, revenge above the fate of reality? Especially when chances are I'm coming right back. Right. Yeah, his the way he was like peaceful and deaf has to just like eat away at sylvie right like yeah i mean I you're not even crying. you're not you're not even gonna not you know like you're, yeah, you're, you're not even you're going not to give me the, for your life yeah you're, yeah you're not even gonna give me that satisfaction of like agony nothing nothing he just said see you soon like damn yeah that is some you know what even though i don't believe in reincarnation i would love to face my last moments with the kind of swagger 
of uh, He Who Remains. I, I have so many questions about, I mean, about multiverses and time travel, um, but also just the, is he literally saying I will be back? Or is he saying a version of me will be back? Because I don't know that he can find solace in the fact that a version of him will take over. So I kind of think it's the, it is the same way that Loki occasionally talked about um, himself uh, as variants as himself. Okay. You know, he was like us as a child, us as an, as an old person, right. us as a crocodile, you know, like I do think that there's a level in which you especially after a certain amount of time start to believe that the variants are you or at least mm -hmm. a part of you and if we're talking about the person that had to make the decision to defeat all of his variants maybe he does see them all as a piece of him and see them yeah. all you know especially if he thinks that in order to def if if he thinks that whatever he did to win the war, the multiversal war has to happen again, then it's most likely in his mind that the person that makes that decision will be very much like him. Mm -hmm. And and he would have kinship with that person. I just I guess I just don't understand his play. If he controls the timeline, mm -hmm. why would he allow the, he had to know these two Lokis were going to make it. Yeah. I mean, he does know. He, sa he says, right. I know. I know everything that's going to happen. But mm -hmm. then why would he allow it to happen? He says, so you walk down the, right. the path that I paved. Why pave it? So here's my theory here. And, and, and it tied back. It ties back to that Nexus event that we talked about that we couldn't really figure out the mechanics of. Okay. Um, and I remember one of my theories was that a Loki on his own is not enough. Like one Loki can't really affect the change that's necessary to uh, alter the TVA. Sure. Which is why they just keep getting pruned. Despite the fact that they're all about chaos, one Loki, you know, just can't can't get it done. And the average Loki, if you put two of them together, they would just scheme on each other and, and they would stunt their, their progress as well. But here you had a situation where you put two low keys together and they found a way to coexist. Right. And they found a way to thrive together. And I think that opened up the possibility, however slim, that two low keys working in tandem could actually uh, be worthy of running the TVA. Now, admittedly, like he, like he said in the show, he only had foreknowledge up to a certain point, but more so than any other scenario that had been played out before, that was the most likely to present him with the opportunity to basically, uh, you know, renounce his throne and let someone else uh, do the job that he had kind of grown weary of doing. Yeah, I guess then it, it just comes into how much do you put stock in his statement that the reason he wants out is that this is a young man's game. And I mean, that's, like, it's like, why that's do you clearly that's clearly relatively speaking, right? I mean, of course, right. But 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 I think the idea that he's just tired of doing this shit and 
either way, if you know if the multiverse is unleashed not on his watch, then it's not on his watch. But he's relatively confident that the game will play out exactly as it played out before, and a new version of him will step in in his place. So it's really not as risky. Um, the real risky thing would have been if if he did exactly what he if, if Loki and Sylvie did exactly what uh, what Kang proposed, which is go to the TVA, tell them you've slain the Time Master. But this is the reality of the situation you're in. I mean, I think we talked about this a couple episodes ago that if you asked a lot of people, if you if you gave them the choice as to whether they'd work for the TVA or die, a lot of people would choose to work for the TVA, even if it meant getting their memories erased. Sure. Because it's still a life and it's still, if you believe in the, in the mission, it's still a somewhat um, defensible position. Right. Right. You know, I think that would have been a, a kind of cool wrinkle if they had said that every person that was in the TVA, I mean, who knows? That could happen in season two, that every person in, two, in the TVA both chose to be in the TVA and then chose to have their memories erased. Sort of the Matrix yeah, style. Yeah, sort of the Matrix. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, isn't that the end of the Matrix? Like, people will or, be able to choose if they want to stay in the Matrix. I mean, in a way, the whole blue pill, red pill thing, isn't that basically choice, you know? That is, yeah. Um. The, but basically, it's like, look, you can't be a TVA agent with your old memories. You have to be a TVA agent with your, you know, with the new new set of memories. Sure. But, you know, you'll have sort of echoes of the of the person that you were before. You'll still be you, um, but you just won't have those memories. I, like I said, I think a lot of people would choose that. And it would have been a cool wrinkle if that was definitively... Um, established as the case mm -hmm. but i get why you know to make the tva more malevolent you make it that that they've lied to everyone but the idea of loki and sylvie going to the tva explaining what the deal is and then saying but so so we're gonna you know we're gonna run the tva the way we're gonna want to run the tva and then you find out yeah guess what you probably end up going down the same road Mm -hmm. what as what kang slash he who remains went down because efficiency right yeah you know? I, yeah i've been like i've been trying to to me like the high point of the episode and i know that this is you know it's a great episode the high point of the episode is the beginning the the all the 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 universe cosmic stuff that ends up in the the time stream that you see going around mm -hmm. that like that just blew my mind like that whole that whole concept i love like that kind of galactic mm -hmm. shit and um, so like it just kind of led to me kind of gaming it out where it's like, OK, if you're Kang, you're like, they kill me. The multiverse branches out. There's another multiversal war. I occur again. Right. Because if every possible branch can occur, I'm going to occur again and then I'll just win again. So how many times have they done this? How many times right. has this happened? And, and I just want to, again, I want to toot my own horn because I definitely said in the first episode that this is not the first time, you know, we've been through this, you know, right. That, I think you, I think you said that 
um, your big one, your big theory was that the multiverse war hadn't occurred yet. Do you remember that? Like you're yeah, like I did. The, the war that they're talking about in the past hasn't occurred yet. And like, and I was like, well, I think that that part of the story was true. And I think we ended up both being right because it's yeah. just a loop. It's just playing on a loop. Exactly. And so, that's, and that's kind of what I meant. What I'm, what I meant is that whatever incarnation of the TVA that you're in talks about the multiversal war as a thing that happened in the past, but it's also a thing that will happen in the future right. to reestablish the TVA. Yeah. I'm, now, I'm so intrigued by this next phase. Yeah. Like, you know, you and I are both fans of Fringe, mm -hmm. which is a, a multiversal sure. story, um, although it is two. Exactly. <laughs> they, they kept it, it multi simple. at the at the most minor <laughs> level. Exactly. <laughs> um, I I am interested. I you know they the the announcement that that has come out today that Kevin Feige has had a meeting about the rules of the multiverse. Interesting. Um, you know, like yeah, I hope so. I hope that there's a company wide mandate. Yeah. It's like this. These are the rules. This is how the multiverse will work. But I like. I want to be a fly on that wall. I want to know how are they going to pull this sure. off? Like. How do and you make I want to know. Phase? I want to know how many shows have multiverse like off limits, and how many shows have like multiverse full on limits. Because like, all of a sudden, what if? I mean, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it in that way. <laughs> Obviously, that's multiverse. But uh, I mean, who's to say that there aren't variants in the shows that we've already seen in right. the movies that we've already seen? Right. You know? I mean, there was there was one night on, on our one of our Twitter threads where we were going full galaxy brain. And mm -hmm. I was it was like I was high without being high. And I was like, mm -hmm. what if you went to a movie? And I think the, the example I gave was Black Widow and you mm -hmm. watched Black Widow. And then at the end of Black Widow, you realize you haven't been watching our Natasha. You've been watching a Natasha from another universe. And like maybe she works for Red Skull or something like that. And it isn't until the end of the movie. You're like, oh, shit, I'm watching a different universe play out. Mm. I mean that could that could totally be any of the any of the projects now. What if this is this is the idea that popped into my head today? What if Valentina mm. is not from this earth? Mm. And what if the people that she's recruiting are variants that on her earth were the Avengers? Interesting. Interesting. I like that. What if the scenes with Valentina aren't occurring in our universe at all? So she's recruiting them to come to. I mean, like, what if what we're watching are the scenes like the Valentina scenes? There's never anyone else around the Valentina scenes. What if those are just scenes playing out in a completely different universe? I mean, like everything we see is our universe. And then right. those and then, scenes are universe B. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's on possible. the table. It is yeah. on the table. And, you know, you know, we still haven't had an Avengers movie on the slate. Um, we don't know. We don't know what the big the big plan is. I mean, Secret Wars seems to be on the table, but who's to say that Secret Wars is going to be like anything we've seen in the comics? If anything that we've everything that we've seen in the MCU thus far suggests that it's going to be a different thing that just has the name Secret Wars. Right. I mean, and and just like I said with Secret Invasion, my working theory has been mm -hmm. these are not scrolls from our universe. Yeah. You know, and if they, I, I had always said that they would be doppelgangers from another universe. But if mm -hmm. they are, in fact, scrolls, now they can be scrolls from another universe. Yeah, they can it be. it makes sense. Yeah, it totally buys it, especially if we're like, 
you know, if every if every variant is in play and everyone is potentially uh, serving Kang, mm-hmm. then yeah, of course Kang would recruit some scrolls from yep. his universe. And you know who becomes very valuable in a world where you don't know who to trust, who's you know who who is a shapeshifter or not, is a man who can read the chi of any being shang chi interesting you know who can sense that. he can sense the you know the the like, what the if chi. he can what if i mean we don't know anything about the power of the 10 rings right, right. what if the 10 rings can sort of help you see who's native mm-hmm. to this universe and who isn't right exactly. what if the, what if the 10 rings get their power from the multiverse i mean that's all in play because again even though we saw a storyline play out where there was one timeline and then it branched out the, the, the point where the, the, the sacred timeline became the multiverse was at the end of time. It occurred outside of time. Therefore every movie, it occurred at the end of time, right? Which suggests that what we were witnessing was the beginning of time. Well, what we're, what, what we're literally witnessing is all of time at once. Like that, that ring around them is all of time and it's branching all over the place, which it's not like it's branching in the 31st century and onward. Mm -hmm. It's branching, you know, BC, you know, yeah, yeah, it's branching everywhere and, and branching within itself and on itself. Therefore, every movie we've ever seen has occurred in the multiverse. Yeah. Which is the real question is every has ever did Marvel undo every movie we've ever seen by inserting these new multiversal elements into them. I think that the, the, if, if it was me, if it's, if I'm mm-hmm. Kevin Feige, the easiest explanation is to say, no, the multiverse has always been there. What you're witnessing is the birth and the birth of it but the birth of it occurs in the past and the present and the future like it's 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 fucking dr manhattan it's it's mm-hmm. you know like you really do have to take a hit of the bong before you yeah, before yeah. you try to even yeah. consider it but if if everything has occurred in a multiverse before because it has to because we just watched it happen then that allows for all of the Cause you remember we were like, well, how does this, how does the ancient one know about the multiverse if there's only one sacred timeline? Mm-hmm. And we were all, our explanation was always, well, because that, that infomercial was bullshit, but it wasn't bullshit. We well, saw. Right. Well, here's the thing. Like I was never one of the people who thought that the concept of the sacred timeline meant that there was no multiverse as okay. much as I meant that the mission of the TVA was to ensure that there was no multiverse. But it's, it's like there was a multiverse, there was this period, and then there would likely be another multiverse. But in the interim, they're trying to like create, it's almost like if you have a, a, uh, a fire hose um, with a, not a fire hose, but a hose in your backyard with, sure. a lot of, with a lot of holes in it, you know? And those holes represent the variants and the alternate universes and and, and you turn on the hose and you didn't try to plug all the holes as these things are streaming out, you know, right. like 
you never actually get to plug all the holes while the 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 fault while while it's running, but you can still sort of be like, hey, it's it's the it's flowing through, <laughs> on the, but like you but you're constantly plugging these holes, and and that and those holes are the variants are is the multiverse that you're trying to keep constrained in this one flow, mm-hmm. but the reality is. You know the multiverse wants to be free right and and that's the natural state of things right and if you know if you're the ancient one if you're operating on this magical plane like you understand that the multiverse is real and the multiverse is and how the multiverse can work um even if you acknowledge even if you know that the tva exists you know you just know that at some point the tva will either not exist or um you know switch purposes and then at that point um we're right back to where we started i think it's hilarious that we had a really long conversation about the multiverse but we didn't really touch a touch on our main character <laughs> loki and and how much he changed from uh, the beginning of the show, beginning of the, the season, yeah. and the end of the season. So let's double back to that. Yes, um, let's do that. Let's talk about how um, Loki kind of became a TVA agent by the end. Mm-hmm. Yes, because he he sees the purpose. Yeah. Yeah, he sees it as a necessary evil. And. He's now in the new TVA. Um, I'm not really sure how. Let's talk this through. Let's try to. I mean, again, we're still we're still ostensibly talking about Loki, but I just need to know briefly um, two questions. Okay. So when 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 we see um, Mobius and Hunter B uh, fifteen. Mm-hmm. Looking at the timeline branching, mm-hmm. that's still our Mobius and B fifteen, right? That is not how I interpreted it, but I understand that interpretation. When they say there's no turning back now, you know, and yeah, and then she says, "Who said anything about turning back?" I feel like that that only makes sense if they know what they're. Oh yeah, okay. So not the not the not the one at the end. Not the, the one, one at the end. Yes, that's still ours. Yes, agreed. Mm-hmm. They're in like the big orange room, looking at the at yeah. the screen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. and it's all the different red line events. Right. Yeah. But the ones that Loki interacts with. Right. So there's two ways to interpret that, as mm-hmm. far as I sit. Um, the first way is that these are not our Mobius and uh, Hunter B-15, right. that they are different versions of them that because of the multiverse, there are multiple versions of them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the second way of looking at it is that the timeline of the TVA itself, which we thought was outside of time and space and all that other stuff, has has been changed. Mm-hmm. And they, and they are now the replacements for um, Mobius and B-15. Right. So in other words, 
when Loki and Mobius hugged, that was it for that Mobius and that Loki ever meeting yeah. up again. This Mobius is from a different. This Mobius was has over, been overridden, right? What overwrote the the original Mobius, right? Uh, which side are you on? I'm on the side of when Sylvie threw Loki through the the portal. Mm -hmm. Loki went to another universe. Okay. So, th so the question that I have to ask is how? Because we assume that Sylvie has done this before in terms of like plugging in a, um, a, a location and mm -hmm. opening up a portal and then sending people through the portal to exactly where she wants to send them to. Right. Um, granted, they did display the branching. Right. But but again, if the TVA is supposed to exist outside of time or time and space, really both, then that shouldn't matter. But we don't know how the TVA exists in a multiverse. True. We know how the TVA exists on a sacred timeline with bumps, you know, ebbs yeah. and flows, but we don't know how it exists in a multiverse. Fair. And and um he who remains is tech was kind of slightly different, right? Than yeah, than a regular tempad. Right. And we know that if they're at the end of time, this is where it's said somewhere in the in the series, this is where all of the multiverses end up. Like they all converge at this end point mm -hmm. here. So from there, I I would imagine you could go anywhere. But, and but I how think would, that how would how would Sylvie know to program the tv you know what i mean is, is it like a lot is it like your phone with like the last calls or whatever like are you you know like all right tva it's tva right there in my in my does, address book you know does like, she does she program it or does she just turn it on i mean the presumption is that she knew where she was sending him and not that she was just sending him to somewhere randomly i mean i kind of thought that's what she's like i just need you out of here I don't know that I thought she was necessarily sending him back to the TVA. Although maybe that's where all portals go from the end of time. Maybe they all go to the TVA, but um, yeah, I, I know didn't that feel like she was, I didn't feel like she was planning to maroon him anywhere. You know, okay. like I figured that she was sending him to the TVA because, you know, TVA is a safe spot to land and it's, you know, it's, it's away from her. Okay. Um, and I, I think mean, that I, I didn't I didn't expect that she knew she was sending him to another universe. I but I do think that that's just how that ended up. Like he just ended up. OK, like so, kind so, of anywhere. Yeah. Randomizer. Like when you click on Google, oh, and you okay. feel lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I thought that she specifically planned to send him to the TVA, but it's possible that that she didn't know that there's more than one TVA. Right. So like. You know, you just hit TVA and and then that's where the randomizer kicks in. And it's right. like, you know, but I also think that it's possible that there is only one TVA and that somehow this Kang, the Kang who is in charge of the TVA is right. like, oh, well, the first thing I do is make sure that I take over the TVA. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that statue appears to be of Kang, the conqueror, the actual right. Kang. Um, and so maybe, maybe that, that is right. Maybe in, in that situation, then 
Kang has already won, right? Because he mm -hmm. set up the TVA after everything, after the events, unless this Kang decided to set up everything before those events. Um, well, so there's an advantage to setting it up before. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, there. It's it's the baby Hitler paradox, right? Like if you can just go out and kill all the baby Hitlers, or in this case, the other baby Kangs, then you then you're winning. Or just monitor them. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, one of the, that that reminds me of a one of the things I really enjoyed about the Jonathan Majors performance is that tempad, mm -hmm. the way he's talking and he's like setting it at the edge of the table because he knows exactly what's going to happen. And he like sets it. He's like, no, like right here is where it needs to be. And like, he like, it's very precise where he leaves it. And it's like floating off the desk or whatever, but it's like, he's already like the whole idea of, of this character is that he's playing chess, you know, two games later, you know, then you are, he's that many moves ahead. And this, the, he's like talking and he, I forget what he's talking about, but while, while he's talking, he's setting the temp pad that will not be used for a few more lines, but he knows exactly where Sylvie's going to be and that she's going to use this temp. Pad. He, he can see it. I love that moment. Hmm. So, so, so that's a, that's an interesting question. Um, and I'll try to spin it back around to, to Loki, you know, again, titular character. Um, Titular what? character, but described as a flea on the back of a dragon. He's yeah. the titular character, but this was Sylvie's story. See, you like, I hear that, but I think that, I think, like I said before, I think that it was important for, for both of them to be on the same page. Sure, and and I think that, sadly whatever they had forged wasn't strong enough you know really yeah yeah because i think that loki didn't change so much that he didn't realize that he was in over his depth you know that that like he his goal was to take over the tva uh at one point mm -hmm. like it was laid out for him to take like he right he, he could have um but he also had the opportunity to take over the TVA with Sylvie at his side. If he had, if he had just said, "Like, hey, Sylvie, we can do both. We can mm -hmm. kill him and take over the TVA. Yeah. We can bring him back to the TVA as our as our uh, prisoner. Uh, make him face, you know, charges or whatever. The music for what he did. Yeah, you could still have your revenge, but then we'll." You know, we'll have to decide how to run it. Or if he had, or if he had said, his choice is bullshit. Like there is a third option where he just continues running things, and we leave, and we go no, to the happy needed, life. No, but she needed her revenge, right? Right, but like the the options he gives her, right? He gives them like either you take over the TVA, or you kill me. It's like, well, but then what? The, there are two at least two other options like you said kill him and take over the tva although somehow killing him leads to the multiverse like it's like he's the linchpin somehow that like yeah i mean i guess i guess the presumption is that someone's got to be manning the the proof the, the like 
seat that is the the time masters right um, and the, but so so the the fourth option though is you leave and act like you never entered that castle before. <laughs> like yeah. you just go and, and, and go live your life. And those are, I mean, those are two other options and you just, yeah. but I think K. that last option, uh, as long as there's a TVA that's hunting them, like it's not, sure. you know, it's not tenable. Sure. Um, but I think that, yeah. And, and actually, as we were talking, I guess if we think of the, 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 the seat that, Major like Majors basically took a break from his job of uh, pruning timelines or sending instructions mm -hmm. to the TVA to prune timelines, and you know at some point he was he's like I either have to get back to work, uh, <laughs> or or you have to take this job on. Right. So maybe you know, weirdly enough, like maybe there was there would have been no way for them to go back and all and put him on trial without some you know leaving his seat unoccupied right for maybe like yeah for like 10 minutes would be too much but at the very least he could they could open up a, a line of communication to the tva and be like your new tva uh authorities <laughs> the two of us and surprise every, yeah right and everyone <laughs> says oh great loki's <laughs> Loki's we're running a TVA now under new management. Right. <laughs> Although we're the most pruned, you know, being in existence. Now we run it. Right. That wasn't going to go over well. I mean, yes and no. I mean, if they explained the deal with the whole variant, uh, you guys are all variants. Uh, here are all your real lives. Let's, let's jump to that. Uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt high school mm -hmm. in Ohio. Vice Principal Renslayer. Well, not even Renslayer. Vice Principal, whoever Gugu Mbathura is. Yeah, what is her name? Her name. Oh, you saw it? Yeah, it's on the it's on the degree in the back. Oh, State. I didn't I didn't get a chance to zoom in on it. I, I you know what? And I'm I'm not gonna take credit. It was like definitely like one of the like the new rock stars or something. And it it mm. sounds like the word Terminator. It's it's she it's one of her aliases in the comics, apparently. Okay. Um, yeah, and her name is on the degree in the background. Well, I don't have it handy, and it'll probably take me too long to find it. Um, <laughs> so I'll just say Gugu, Vice President Gugu. Um, do you think that that would have been effective for the entire TVA? Showing them that Renslayer was a variant? Yeah. No, because... She's a judge of, I think what would have been effective is showing everyone their yeah. life. Right. That would become the mission, you know? Mm -hmm. But, but they, but you know, I, I buy that, um, you know, by having the pen. Yeah. You could figure out um, enough information to, to find OG Renslayer. Um, right. Now, sadly, that poor woman was probably uh, condemned to her her whole reality being pruned at that probably. moment. Um, probably. Which, which is which sort of which really sucks. Um, I but, mean, I would say the chances that that reality is getting pruned not so great anymore. 
I mean, the multiverse is happening, right? I mean, I mean, I guess, I guess you're right. I guess, I guess it's possible that whatever that hunter was, I don't remember his number, that he was just so dumbfounded that he was kind of like, we're going to have to go back and figure this out. Right. And okay. Then, so her, her name is Rebecca Tormine. Tormine. T-O-U-R-M-I-N-E-T. So Ravona Renslayer was Rebecca Tormine. Hmm. It's on her uh, Ohio, the Ohio State University diploma. Nice in her in her office. Yeah. Nice that she she went to OSU. All right, yeah, well, makes sense. I, I guess I buy it. Yeah. So, uh, what year was it that she was? It's 2018, right? Right. So it was yeah. pretty close. She's she's in our age group. She might have known. <laughs> <laughs> she might have known a uh, young Natasha. Might have. Yeah, they grew up um, in Ohio true uh briefly but um so yeah i mean i feel like at the very least you got to pull you got to pull old uh rebecca uh into the tva so maybe she made it oh that would be kind of awesome if in season two we have both renslayer who's out there on a vision quest and then you have rebecca who's in the tv well might have been overridden it's um, very, it's very Rick and Morty. Very, um, and which this show is, but like, yeah, I do watch Rick and Morty. I do, but I'm, uh, I'm a couple episodes behind. Okay, but um, you're not okay. So a couple, like one or two seasons ago, like the, I forget the characters. The mom, there's the mm-hmm. mom, and then there's like the space warrior mom. Yes, who replaced basic, the? Yeah, who? Yeah, who, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sorry, spoilers for Rick and Morty. Um, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's yeah, it. I've spoiled nothing by telling you this. I just found out today that uh, Michael Waldron was going to take over as showrunner of Rick and Morty. At really? Um, but then he got this gig. He got this gig and Doctor Strange. And there's yeah. like one other one, isn't it? Like he he got a Marvel holding deal, basically. Right. Yeah. Which is a, the other reason we should have known Kang was going to be in this. It's like, yeah, he's playing the long game. True, but but again, you know, let's let's talk a little bit more about our own sense of we've been here before, like like Kang. Um, <laughs> we've gone into these finales thinking that this that there was going to be a major character introduction and a revelation that was going to ripple through um, all of our multimedia projects, and they got us twice where. We, we tried to say, come on, guys, you know, it's a it's a show. They're still they're still working the kinks out. They're right. not going like, to like drop Thanos um, right. level level character on the on a, on a TV show. Come on. And like, yeah. And not only were we like, oh, wow. Why did we ever think Mephisto would be in WandaVision or yeah. Reed Richards would show up and, <laughs> you know, like, OK, but it was also like the people who were just like, and you're stupid for thinking it ever would have happened. It's like, you're right. I am. Yeah. So, I mean, now, 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 now that they've done this, let the speculation reign because (laughs) like the big bad of this phase and potentially future phases. Right. Was dropped on a Disney plus show. Mm -hmm. Like, Who's to say we don't get Wolverine in uh, 
in Hawkeye. Like really, right. like like it's like oh they wouldn't do that. I mean, anything I mean, they I, want now. I will say that they had their cake and ate it too by introducing us to the big bad in a way that was like, yeah, but he's not the bad one. True. There's a worse one, you know, like, and, but this is one of the first, the first instances, maybe I would say maybe um, Scarlet Witch, the origin of Scarlet Witch. And then this, where when you go to see the movies, if you haven't watched the shows, you'd be like, what is happening? So, so I've thought about this. Um, there is a way to tell the Kang story from like Kang the Conqueror's perspective. Mm-hmm. Sure. That will feel fresh and new to even people who watch Loki. Yep. Um, while filling the, the people who didn't watch Loki in on, on the story. Right, because the context for 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 the one who for, for he who remains is is um, soliloquy is how it fits within the TVA. Right. Um, it 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 goes beyond that. The scope of that, you know, just like we've talked about all season, the scope of the multiverse is bigger than just this show. But right. but 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 I think that there is a way to. Uh, be repetitive in this specific instance because we're not dealing with just the one and we're not dealing with just the one perspective on what this multiversal war is going to be i mean it, it we forget but there were several explanations of what infinity stones are yeah you know like it because they did not expect at the time that everyone was watching every movie you know they're they were like oh People probably aren't going to the, the people who go to Iron Man movies are not necessarily going to Thor movies. So we do need to explain this. Right. And uh, I think it'll be very similar with the multiverse and with Kang where you will get explanations. Yeah. Um, now, and, one I, thing- and I also expect very different uh, performances of Kang. Depending yeah, that's on what I was. About, that's playing. what I was about to ask. How weird are they going to get? Because there is a version of this, and I think I talked about this years ago, back when we were, you know, even before they announced that Kang was going to happen, um, you know, when they said at the end of uh, Endgame, you know, when you mess with time, time messes back. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, that seemed like the the perfect way to um, sort of set up Kang. Right. And one of the things that I had talked about was the idea that in different projects folk could be fighting kang but different kangs right yeah now at the time i thought it was just a time travel thing not a multiversal thing so i was thinking like kangs at different points along the timeline sure um but now that we're now that we're introducing not only the time travel part but also the multiversal part like who's to say that like every movie can't have a different kang that's the big bad, but it's like a different cat with or a different performance. What if, um, in, if not necessarily, because I could see from a movie production perspective, you don't want to make 14 movies where they're all fighting Jonathan Majors. No, 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 but that's what I'm saying. Like where, different actors as Kang? No, I was saying where behind the, the, the guy. I see, I see, I see. Was Kang. I could see it being where... Kang is 
the bad in a few different projects and is also like the new Stan Lee cameo. Shit. Where you just see Kang, like imagine the Eternals. Mm -hmm. I fully expect to see a Kang somewhere, probably in ancient Egypt. Like, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. I fully expect to see Kang's throughout. Like why not work him into everything? He's always been there. You just blew my mind. The idea of making the Kang-meo, I don't know. <laughs> like The idea of making a Kang cameo, the new Stan Lee cameo, is fucking gold. I think I think it would be really, really great. Like, just like, oh, there he is. Got him. Found him. Right. Yeah. I think it'd be I, awesome. I, I agree. And I think that, like, as much as people, like, talked a lot about the idea of there being, like, a Deadpool cameo, I mean, he's still like Deadpool. He's wearing a full costume, whereas like, you know, Jonathan Majors as Kang, mm-hmm. like, there's a whole bunch of different ways they could uh, plug him in. Yeah, yeah. And people absolutely. would get so fucking hyped. Yes. At you know, and then they don't even they don't even have to explain like what he's up to. Right, just that he's always there. He's always been there. He he's said a he's lived traveler. a million. I've lived a million lives. You know, like that's. Yes, he. Yeah. he let's see Dude, it. I mean, you know, if, if you if you end up coming up missing next week, um, <laughs> it, I understand what happened um, because the Marvels, the Marvel snipers, uh, they did their thing, but. This reminds me of a story. I, I knew a guy who um, he was at a casino and he was on his way out. And as he's walking out, someone's at the at the roulette table and he just goes, ah, 22. And it lands on 22. And he was taken by security and interrogated <laughs> for four hours. They were like, how did you know it was going to land there? He's like, dude, I just yelled a number like I was just walking by like. Um, but yes, that will. I will have uh, violated some sacred, some sacred yeah. laws of the universe if I have called this. But um, yeah, next week, I, next week, White Carlos will show up, and um, and everyone's and, gonna act like it's always been that way. Yeah, it's like all right, well, I guess this is what we what we're doing now from our season two <laughs> winner, the White Delegation, Carlos. <laughs> no, 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 you'll you'll still be the Latinx. You'll oh, just be okay. you'll just be like the, okay. the the really really light version of yourself. Yeah, um, you got rosy but, cheeks and blonde mm-hmm. hair. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but no, I love the idea of Kang even better than the idea of them fighting Kang is the idea of just Kang is just everywhere. Again, you and I are fringe fans. Mm -hmm. If Kang becomes the new observer. Yes. Oh shit. And he's the new Walter because when you do see Kang being played, you know, it's one of the most underrated performances on television in the last 25 years. You know what? We, like I don't know why it didn't it didn't hit me. I need to rewatch some of the Walter performances because I I bet Jonathan Majors like took from oh, some probably. of the Walter performances in order to really craft his character as as he remains. Jonathan Noble's performance on on Fringe, he played basically like five or six different mm-hmm. versions of the same character, and each one is completely unique. And right. and some of them are chilling and some of them are hilarious and um i think it's one of the most underrated performances of the last 20 years and i think that the the chant like 
as a fringe fan going into this, I'm like, Jonathan Majors should be playing Kang like this, where every version of Kang is a different person who's been shaped by different, you know, different mm-hmm. experiences and they play it differently. It's uh, like for an actor, especially one who apparently is as hammy as Jonathan Majors can be like, this Dude, is, like, I had no idea how hammy Jonathan Majors. I didn't be. expect it. I, I um, said a couple weeks ago, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see how he's going to do this. And like personally, if he's this hammy every time, I might get a little weary of it. But but, but I doubt. But I doubt he's going to be this hammy. Every exactly. Time. I think sometimes he's going to be stone cold killer, and sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes he might even be like very vulnerable. And I think I, I'm here for him to play the range. Yeah, and from the gamut. Look, we you know we had in the past week the uh, the avalanche of Emmy nominations for for Marvel shows. Um, clearly the Emmy committee is like, uh, you guys like, you guys like this shit, right? (laughs) So we're, we're going to give, we're going to give you all the awards. Um, You're right. How good was Don Cheadle for 98 (laughs) seconds? They're like, listen, we get Don Cheadle at the award show. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to do that. We're going to do that thing. Jonathan Majors is getting a fucking Emmy nomination. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we have been joined by. Speaking of Jonathan Majors, a uh, black delegate and uh, f- one who realizes that he misspent his budget in the racial draft, uh, stay tuned later. Um, uh, Randy, we're talking about, first of all, we had a lot of stuff, we have a lot of stuff to bring you up to speed on, but Carlos just dropped the um, most gold idea of gold ideas, and I'd love to hear your perspective. Okay. So you know how uh, Marvel movies up to this point um, had our uh, Stan Lee cameo, rest in peace, Stan Lee. Mm-hmm. What if, haha, um, future Marvel movies have a Kangmio? <laughs> uh, I mean, if if there's anybody who who would like appear conveniently in places that you would not expect them to be i i couldn't think of a, a better person like uh, aside from like deadpool or somebody but yes absolutely i think that's good. that's what we yeah. were saying was that um that like you know mike's idea was that you could potentially have different movies where they're all fighting different versions of kang and um my yeah my idea was like or you could have movies where kang doesn't factor in at all but he is in the movie like he just mm-hmm. he should be there he should be there for all of it yeah and yeah, the thing I mean, is the whole if point it's, is, is that he he he's like you know his his machinations are like constantly at work so absolutely. right yeah and the thing is it's like you know you don't have to have kang in his full regalia he can just be jonathan mm-hmm. majors right yeah he can be kang you know uh, pre like early Kang, proto Kang, mm-hmm. um, or Kang in disguise, you know. But the idea is that that is a lot more versatile than a Deadpool who's always going to look like Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Right. It's much more akin to the Stan Lee. Uh, I, I I absolutely one hundred percent want my Negro Time Lord on the big screen. <laughs> yes, give yeah. me the thing. Give me that. Yes. Yeah, color people time lord. Your color people of, time lord. That's listen. It. <laughs> color people time lord was the was was one of the best, uh, was one of your best aliases. Uh, so, uh, hats off to you, Randy. That's great. <laughs> um, Jesus. so yeah, I uh, listen. Your man, your man, Jonathan Majors did the damn thing. Um, he is the meme. Like black people went all in 
Like, it's weird. Like, up until now, we were like, the Time Lord, that's some fuck shit. Fuck them. Fuck the Time Lord. Fuck the TVA. You know, like, they're fuck, they're awful. They're fascist. Uh, uh. And then it's like, I am behind the TVA. We're like, oh, black. Shit is black. Black owned business. Good for everybody, black. Black time. <laughs> I I am am rooting for everybody black. I'm sorry, I I don't make the rules. That's that's in my contract. Yeah. Suddenly, Sylvie became the Karen, mm-hmm. the time Karen. You know, she just wanted to speak to a manager. Why why did you make it so hard for her to speak to a manager? <laughs> uh, but we haven't really gotten that into um, add into the plot. So now is your opportunity to uh, let us know, Randy what uh, the most um, interesting part of the episode was for you. I mean, obviously the, the, the standout was, was Kang, mm-hmm. but just, I guess, the, the way that, that he approached Loki and Sylvie, um, the, the way that he kind of, um, kind of did the, the good cop, bad cop sort of routine, you know, start off with the, with the carrot and then you hit them with the stick and they're not, you know, falling for your, your usual tricks. It was kind of very entertaining for me. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, one question that I had asked was if when we, when we cut back to the TVA, um, there's two moments that we see the TVA. Uh, the first moment was when we see the timeline sort of, like first branching with um, Mobius and B-15. And they say, you know, there's, you know, no turning back now or whatever. Um, At that point, I'm, I'm still convinced that that's our uh, Mobius and and B-15. But then the second time when they interact with Loki, is this the same uh, Mobius and 315 or is it a Mobius and 315 from another universe? Well, I, I, by the time, like, basically, when we get to, um, pushing oh. Loki back through the little time portal thing, that's, mm-hmm. that's the timeline has been altered. She, I mean, because, because Sylvie has already, like, by that point. Right. Things have already started to branch. That is, that is true. Made her irrevocable decision. So, oh, just re- just repeat yourself because we lost you for a little bit. Sorry. Um, but basically, by by the time Sylvie pushes Loki through the the time portal thing, mm-hmm. I, I mean that's that's the timeline is altered. She she made her decision and it automatically had consequences because you know you. Uh-oh. um where they are where her ex mm-hmm. like where where she does you know it it is it's somewhere outside of time or, or like you know beyond mm-hmm. temporal whatever okay. so it automatically in in, in loki's perception has of the consequences okay so one so one thing that came up that we were kind of unclear on and I'd love to hear your perspective on it is whether uh when when Sylvie sent Loki to the TVA, whether mm-hmm. um, she was sending him to just kind of like 
you know, a, a TVA that she knew, mm-hmm. um, or if the, if the, um, you know, if it was just a matter of I'm sending you to the TVA and she had no idea that there were multiple TVAs, if there are multiple TVAs. Well, um, I think that she tried to send him back to a time that she thought was safe. Okay. Like she, she had, she was like, okay, well, this is the, the coordinate that is in the Tim pad, mm-hmm. but she didn't like, you know, by her, her, um, killing Kang, it still ended up messing with that particular temporal space. So Got she, it. you know, it, it was still not safe, even though she thought it was. Got it. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Uh, Carlos used the the metaphor of the uh, the Spotify like randomizer, you know, where like <laughs> like you could like you could put in even if you put in a location with the with with the multiverse, mm-hmm. like it's that location, like at different po- possibilities in the multiverse, right. and then that's where like the right. randomizer kicks in. Mm-hmm. You know, I can buy that. I mean, I'm willing mm-hmm. to. I mean, obviously, we have to like wait a year for Loki season two to figure out exactly how it works. Um, did you guys hear the rumor that Loki's going to appear in uh, Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness? I did hear that rumor, and I, I mean, I so, don't know. I'm kind of against so. it. I kind of would prefer that we we yeah. just find out his stuff in in Loki show. Yeah, yeah, but I, I want to be... see Loki. I want to see this Loki interact with Thor. Mm. I want to see that. Like, I want them to have their their reconciliation. You know, like mm. beyond because the last thing Loki did for Thor was, I mean, yes, he died. You know, while while Thor was watching, but he also kind of backstabbed him one last time. You know, like. By having the tesseract and <laughs> and and not telling him, like it would be great if but this second, Loki right, could visit so, this Thor. So here's the thing: mm-hmm. it's the second part more than the first, because I get why. Like if I were Loki, like and I was like, you know, my whole homeland was was being destroyed, and there's this powerful weapon. You know, it might make sense to snag the weapon. You know, it, it might it might serve you well later. Sure, but. You're right that his real mistake was not telling Thor. Oh, by the way, I snagged a tesseract. Right. Um, you know, in case we need it. You know, and then Thor would be like, "Oh, yeah. I mean, that's probably a good idea. Like, let me take that." Um, yeah. Hey, the Bifrost is gone. Maybe we should use this tesseract to get, to get around. Right. <laughs> the, um, the thing that allows you to move through time and space. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe the entirety. Of the Asgardian uh, race, maybe we could use the, you know, the the whole like <laughs> you space might, you stuff. Might find that helpful. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe it would be useful. Thank, thank you, thank you, Loki. Thank you for for passing that along. Uh, way, <laughs> way past the time that we need it. Hmm. Maybe we don't need to be traveling through space to get ambushed by by Thanos if we had the fucking tesseract. <laughs> I mean, to be fair though, you know who else could have told Thor? Heimdall. Uh, yeah, Heimdall's too busy <laughs> watching people masturbate with his like ability to see. Listen, I get I mean, it. To, Look, I get yeah. it. I'm just you know. He's watching the wire. 
<laughs> He's like, that, that's Stringer Bell. That's Stringer Bell character. I really like him. I'm so into this. <laughs> like we we can't we can't put it all on the black guy. Like I mean, he he he's very busy. He has had a lot of things to do. Yeah, he had one job. <laughs> he had one job. One job constantly that he fails at. Yes, he has never seen it all. Yeah. So, uh, hopefully, Anyways. yeah, exactly. I don't know how we got this sidetracked, but uh, in season we're talking about two, where we want to see Loki. Yes, appear. in season two, uh, you know what? I'm gonna backtrack a little bit. I think it would be kind of cool if Loki popped up in shows as like Cassandra, where he's like, "Guys, this this Kang, he's coming," and they're like. Loki, we don't trust you. Right. You know? Yes. Um, it would be like kind of a, I wouldn't say a fitting end, but, you know, just a, a fitting reinforcement of, you know, of the Loki arc that here's the guy that you should not trust who has the information that everybody needs, but mm-hmm. people just don't want to hear it. Right. Can you imagine if we would have gotten loki last year you mean before everything else or like like when it was like it was supposed to drop last year right was yeah, it everything well it was supposed to be i think the second show i think it was supposed to be um falcon the winter soldier first <clears throat> yeah and then loki and then scarlet witch or or wandavision am i getting that wrong randy i don't remember off the top of my head okay mm. but can i like i'm just saying can you imagine like the ending of the series is opening up the multiverse and then we don't get a multiverse movie. You know, like imagine if they had slid in Loki before the pandemic and we're just like, wait, I got to wait how long for another movie to come out? Like, Oh no, no. Listen, you can't do that. Like as much as people complained, spoilers, not really spoilers, but, but spoilers, as much as people complained about black widow, not having enough stakes. Yeah. If Black Widow would have happened after this finale, nah, nah, people would have been like, nah, fuck that. I don't give a fuck. You're right. <laughs> like, Why I, do I care I, about any of this? I don't like, oh, I just want to know if she's not fighting other variants of herself in this Black Widow movie, like, <laughs> throw it all away. I mean, listen, I'm already wondering what the stakes are. Like, do I really care about the stakes for Shang-Chi? Um, what other projects like if it doesn't deal with the multiverse like how much do i care uh i noted multiverse hater uh michael ford (laughs) would like to uh process this as part of why i hate the multiverse because uh it does lead to people being like when there are infinite versions of all your characters why do i care about this one I mean, it also though, is like, like imagine it's like the it's like the the original MCU where there was the Infinity Saga and then there was Ant Man, <laughs> and you're like, okay, this was fun, but this has nothing to do with anything that I'm invested in and have been for eight That's or fair. nine years. <clears throat> but then you had Black, uh, you had Black Panther that didn't connect to an Infinity Stone, and that shit was dope. Oh, okay. Well, well, how how about this? How's about if we get these really cool characters, these mm-hmm. these kind of things that seem like asides or seem like they're kind of like non sequiturs, and then 
we can cheer for them all the more when they show up in the eventual like secret wars thing or like the, the king the conqueror confrontation by the event like i mean you you kind of want to have a reason to care about them otherwise you're going to get like a, a justice league like uh-oh we lost for a second together okay. all of a sudden and, and you know now they're like can you hear me yeah i can hear you fine now yeah my phone just is not cooperating but it's all right keep pushing through yeah i feel like we we do want to have some sort of build-up for why we want to cheer for the characters at least no no i definitely agree um and you know i'm i'm i love a good uh four corners uh grounded earthbound story i just know that that there is a contingent of the fan base that's like now that you know my galaxy brain has been opened up i'm just not as invested (laughs) in in just a singular character focused story while like all this multiverse shit is happening you know and and like and to be fair like like i really enjoyed black widow and like if it came out after loki i would i would still enjoy it as a movie however it's just like you just opened up this huge door and then you're like but also like you just told me to look out the window at the world exploding and now you're going to tell me to like but also look check out this painting i hung up on the wall it's like <laughs> right. no, no no you told me the world was exploding outside the window <laughs> yeah. I, i'm gonna i want to look that way yeah and that's why i thought that the timing worked out because as mm-hmm. much as as much as Loki was about this cosmic scale stuff, it was enough of a lull that we could appreciate what was happening in Black Widow. Mm-hmm. And then they blew our fucking minds. Yeah. You know, um, and this is this is the promise of Disney Plus. This is the promise of, you know, you getting sort of like weekly entertainment as well as these big events in the movies. I hope that whatever's happening in uh, in um, what if doesn't lead to people being less invested in Shang Chi. Uh, Carlos did propose the idea, and I'll, I'd love to hear your thoughts about it, Randy. Uh, of the Ten mm-hmm. Rings having some kind of multiversal um, like power. Oh, to be fair, that was your idea. My my idea on Shang Chi was. If secret invasion is people shapeshifters from other dimensions, other universes, uh, pretending to be our heroes, then it would really be nice to have someone who can sense the the chi of sense the auras of different characters hmm. and see like that's not my, you know, that's not our whatever. Peter Parker, you know, whatever, whatever character. Right, right. That right. was what I was going with on Shang-Chi. You're the one who, who brought up maybe the the artifact that the Ten Rings might be powered through the multiverse. And I think that that's, that's very possible. Well, yeah. So Randy, you can respond to either of those ideas. Well, I mean, if, if you have, um, I guess, some like I, I'm not even quite sure what Secret Invasion is going to be, just, you mm-hmm. know, because we have the Kree, but we also have the multiverse. And so it could easily be like, hey, there's, you know, evil uh, scrolls out there somewhere acting crazy. And we have to try to, you know, find out who's who. 
or it could be like, hey, guess what? There, there are some people who escaped from the time, <laughs> the time variance authority, and we're going to try to, you know, round them up. So, I mean, either way that could play, and I think, or, or even a combination of both, and, you know, like, just basically, I guess, secret invasion is like those uh, those folks just, you know, being rounded up, whoever is acting rowdy and sword just handles them. Um that's possible and I would be entirely here for that and also um, having having the Ten Rings be cosmically powered I feel is sort of the only way that you can kind of um, ultimately put respect on Shang-Chi's name but here's the thing not just cosmically powered because you know we've already done the cosmic thing but Mm -hmm. multiversally powered would be a nice way to to sort of tie it to this big thing that's happening, you know? Right. I mean, I, I feel I feel that that would that would definitely make sense. Like it just popped into my head. But imagine if we get like in a post credit scene that like Thanos moment of like uh, the Ten Rings, mm-hmm. um, like either a either falling into the hands of the bad guys or not falling to the hands of the bad guys. And then you get like Jonathan Majors is like, yes, you know, um, this is great or this yeah. is not great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but, but then all of a sudden, like it just raises the stakes of whatever happened in the previous movie that Kang was interested in the 10 rings. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it definitely would be, um, yeah, I, I I could see it being you know because I mean again the, you you want to have a reason for why he's relevant and especially like you know moving beyond previous themes that have been explored. So yeah, I, I think that would work. So I'm going to try to um, rein it back in a little bit um, <laughs> because we are talking about Loki and we are talking about the entire season, um, but I'm going to. Um, Bring the question to Randy. Uh, did Loki grow over the course of this season? Yes. Uh, and how? Loki had uh, um, what what we uh, we people of faith like to call a uh, crisis of faith. Okay. He, he had his his nice little existential crisis uh, uh, for for someone who feels like he is a deity or you know he is revered as a deity he he's had some very divine questions that he has been asking and and he he like people were kind of uh anticipating like who would be the big bad of the series but the big bad was his nature like it it kept it kept coming back to what like can you trust your instincts or can you trust your nature? Or like, where, like, what is your big, like, what is your role in the grand scheme? So like, that was like he was constantly being challenged with that. And when he sees like Sylvie is is, you know, she's, you know, th- this person that he eventually falls in love with, but she's some variation of him. It's like every every episode was some version of some question that was being asked about him, or that he was discovering about himself. Okay, that's true. <clears throat> what about you, Carlos? Did Loki? I think grow? that I think that Loki grew from 
episodes one through three. That's the one on Lamentis. Mm-hmm. Um, and then personally for me, I don't see that character on Lamentis who cares for Sylvie and is like hyping her up. Like, you're incredible. You're amazing. You survived this long. He's already living outside of himself. He's already here mm-hmm. for someone else. So, mm-hmm. so that's why when we had that, that thread, I was talking about how the, the, um, the low, all the Loki's episode, episode five, to me, it, it felt like we're just reiterating here. Like I get that he's different, but he's been different since Lamentis. Mm-hmm. And uh, it reminded me a lot of like when people said like Tony Stark in Iron Man is this like, you know, billionaire asshole. And then by infinity war, by, by end game, he's sacrificing his life for everyone. It's like, yeah, but he did that at the end of Iron Man. Like he was willing yeah. to sacrifice his life <laughs> yeah. to kill. And he Iron did that. Robert. And he did that at the end of. Avengers. He did it at the end of Avengers. Like he he does it. He did it at the end of Avengers: Age of Ultron. Like he does it all the time. So, yes, he's gotten to that point. But like, I'm not going to call, end from mm-hmm. from Ultron to Endgame. That's not growth on Tony Stark's part. Right. But um, so I would say Loki is a very different character from the beginning of this series to the end of the series. But the growth for me is very much stagnant from episode three through episode six. Mm. I mean, I don't know if the growth has been stagnant, but I do think that we, we were already kind of like on the, um, the track of, of, of looking at Loki as a progressed character. I mean, we talked about this earlier, Randy, before you were here, like mm-hmm. Loki's all in on the TVA, you know, right. like he's, he's, He's pro TVA by the end. And I think that's important to note as well, because like he goes, like he didn't go into the, um, the castle thinking that, you know, um, uh, Kang, Kang was potentially right. You know, he who remains was potentially right. Right. But he, he ends that episode thinking, I don't know. I mean, maybe, Maybe yeah. the TVA has a point. Yeah, exactly. I, f- I feel like we we get different, like like again, it, it's it's different aspects of his character that we are seeing change. So it's not like oh, he only went from being selfish to unselfish. It is what what is his like? I guess his perception of what's going on around him, and so it, it it's kind of you know. Um, I don't know. It's it's just he he has uh, multiple different facets of his character kind of uh, changing there that that and, you, you we could easily say that he's changed somehow. Maybe uh, possibly in the Loki episode. So <laughs> so because quite. I so I asked Carlos the same question, but I'm mm-hmm. going to ask you as well. Should Loki have taken um, he who remains his offer? Honestly, it, it's difficult to say, but I would have to lean yeah, because I mean, it I, as as crazy as that might seem, um, it, it reminds me of um, the uh, the the story of uh, Jimmy Woo, who uh, in the comics he he leads the Agents of Atlas. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the 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 original uh, plot of what we know about Jimmy Woo is that he's an FBI agent. He's um, like he, he's a, a Chinese uh, agent and he's led into these different traps by um, this this villainous golden claw 
who who you know only he seems to be able to foil the golden claws plots and like when you get to this final confrontation like he 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 defeats golden claw and i think maybe he he's like almost about to die or something like that and then the golden claw says to him that he had purposely set it up that way he wanted for jimmy woo to take over the atlas uh, organization and like use it to to rule the world and all this other stuff he's like a, a descendant of genghis khan and this is like genghis khan's you know thing that like it would be his master stroke okay so jimmy woo takes the deal and instead he uses those resources to undo all of the villainy that was previously wrought by the organization and that's like the whole plot of of agents of atlas is that like okay now we're going to undo all these you know different evil things that our our organization has previously done so you feel like loki and sylvie could have taken the offer and done the same thing yeah absolutely okay um i think that i think that while you're mostly right i think that that sylvie did need some kind of cathartic event mm -hmm. to feel like her life's purpose had been fulfilled so while i don't judge her for her um you know peter quill moment um <laughs> i definitely think that a better loki could have you know steered her on a different path but now we're you know uh, so we got our kiss those of mm -hmm. us who are shipping loki and sylvie uh i've been shipping that since episode two if you know those of you keep track at home <laughs> so like you know we got our kiss um how long before we get loki and sylvie together in season two uh prediction time i'll start with you randy i hope that it's like the middle of the season like i don't want it to be right away because because loki has some things to deal with and and sylvie has some explaining to do okay uh what about you carlos how long <clears throat> until we get them like together again yeah just not hooking up but just you know <laughs> like together just like in the same scene together yeah exactly oh okay um I will say end of episode two of season two. I'll do it okay. just like this season. Yeah, I was thinking more like uh, middle of episode three, but I, I feel that. Um, I, I think that um, Sylvie has a lot of thinking to do about her place. I mean, she, she, she's, she thinks that she's guaranteed her existence, or maybe she hasn't. Um, you know, by killing Time Lord, the Time um, Master. But, but, but I, but she clearly knows that that she really didn't accomplish anything, and I think she regrets turning on Loki. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think that I think she would have preferred that a Loki be on her side, and then b that she didn't have to take him down. That you know that she might have been able to convince him. Um, yeah, let's let's go. Let's let's kill him, and like figure out the next move next. You know, well, she she out. she did that thing that girlfriends do when they're like, just speak your mind. Just tell me 
tell me what it is that you're thinking and then he was like i think we shouldn't do this and he she was like i'm gonna kick you into another universe <laughs> for speaking your mind yeah um, i as mean someone that, as someone who's uh dated before i i, I feel that um <laughs> like th- why that, aren't you that, supporting me that, that throws <laughs> things back to that first conversation that they had in this episode where um you know you who are married and and me who have has been in a relationship um when she was like what you're not going to talk me out of uh kicking down this door <laughs> like i feel like that was like officially bait uh yeah. that was that was fight bait and uh loki for his part did the smart thing he was like no 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 um you're gonna do what you want to do and i'm just gonna like uh approve. i'm gonna support you i'm gonna support whatever decision you make <laughs> And then it's they almost get just saved by the bell because the door opens for them. Right. Like, mm-hmm. We don't have to make this decision. But <laughs> but I've been there. I've been in that position of like, look, I got my opinions, but you don't want to hear my opinions. Like right. uh, you just want to do what you want to do. So let's let's get there. That's uh, it. Un- unfortunately, Loki finally stepped in with his opinion and he was like, hey, let's Let's hear let's hear the uh uh you know the time genocider out. You know, let's let's <laughs> I mean it was only a matter if, if they would have turned back, it would only have been a matter of time before they went back. Yeah. You know, she was always gonna want to do that thing. Right. Like I almost wish there was a way that she could like kill the one who remains and then like he would just come right back and be like, All right, are you happy now? Like yeah, right. <laughs> like, yeah, right. like all right, you, now that you've killed me. Can we have like a decent conversation as a fucking adults? <laughs> I honestly, honestly, I expected that. I was like, yeah, okay. Are are you done? <laughs> I was saying, Randy, that my favorite part of Jonathan Major's whole performance was the "Grow up, Sylvie, grow yeah. up." Like it's yeah. such a good moment. I love that. And then he yeah. was like, "We're all villains here." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there is a, a certain. Like I mean, any anybody can 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 come up with like a sympathetic story where you know you you you're like oh I have my reasons but but it take it, it has a certain je ne sais quoi when you're like yeah actually I am a villain I'm a bad mm-hmm. person and yeah I, I own it to that but guess what <laughs> you know at, at least I'm good at it like right you right. Know? right yeah but um no I mean I'm. I, I thought it was like, so the Loki thing, like this was a character who was super narcissistic, mm-hmm. who didn't really, I think, believe in love, who experienced his first taste of both love and heartbreak. And, you know, you get that moment at, near the end of the episode where he's, where he's been returned to TVA and like you could, he could go one of two directions. He could go like full incel, you know, like fuck these bitches, you know, um, or he could be like, uh, I feel, I feel feelings and I'm going to let these feelings wash all over me. And, you know, he went with number two. And I think that that's really important for the character to let himself feel, to let himself be in pain. And I think that's going to serve him well in season two. I think that 
he was always a character. I mean, Hiddleston's performance from from the first Thor, um, it was never a character who was like narcissistic in a way that told me he didn't believe in love. True. It's just like it. The character always feels betrayed, Mm -hmm. and to me, you can't feel betrayal without feeling love right without because betrayal is is that i i was vulnerable but not necessarily love it could just be loyalty though sure sure to me it it felt like he he may believe in love but he's so closely guarded that he doesn't let others see it right and and maybe he doesn't believe it's for him like that that he is deserving of love and that's or, the growth, or, or that he that he could achieve it. Like I mean, because I I feel like it's not that he doesn't feel like he deserves love. Because I mean, that's that's why he seeks it. But he he maybe is kind of like doubtful that he will ever find it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I like that more. That's fair. Um, but I think that now that he. I was about to say, now that he's found love, what is he going to do? But, but yeah, basically that. Um, like, I think that, I think that he has found love with Sylvie, even though he was betrayed. And I think that he, like, if he finds out that Sylvie's still out there, I think he's going to still pursue her. Mm-hmm. You know, they kissed. You know, that was that was a real that was a real kiss. That was I could a, also see I could also see him being like, well, love was that dagger that I was talking about. Yeah. And I tried and I went for the football and she pulled it away. Like, yes, she kissed me in order to turn me around and grab the temp pad. But again, that was her glorious purpose. Yes. True. She needed to kill the time master whoever was behind the tva and now that she's gotten out of her out of her system like she's perfect girlfriend material and, as far and as I'm all it took <laughs> and all it took was rendering the multiverse asunder yes all it took was potentially <laughs> endangering all of existence but oh, that, you know that, that mischievous scamp yeah <laughs> But it's I like mean, that, it's look, like that common lyric, like in, in uh, to grow, I had to let her basically. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I used to love Sylvie, you know, and um, <laughs> look, I, I hope those crazy kids uh, figure it all out. Um, let's double back a little bit. We only talked a little bit about Renslayer. And in, and in fact, that fact, we we're talking about the Renslayer uh, variant uh, mm-hmm. back in Ohio. But let's talk about the like main Renslayer. And her quest to find free will. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I have so a, much was cut out of this section yeah. of the. So of I the have episode. a theory that I I think it's important to point out because I'm not exactly sure of all the the elements of it, but clearly the fact that they put the position, the fact that they positioned the Miss Minutes uh, in these in the castle, and then the Miss Minutes in uh, Renslayer's office. And then her reference to he, I think that she was given certain files as a failsafe. Okay. 
I think that um, she's now uh, serving a different purpose than this whatever happened to the TVA. I think that she now has like a little piece of the quote unquote true TVA and where that leads her still remains to be seen. But, but I do think that she was given those files because the, you know, he who remains um, had a pretty good sense that he was going to bite it. Yeah. And it was important that somebody know the facts. What do you guys think? I think that that's a good theory. If um, if she was given basically the blueprint for how to win the multiversal war mm -hmm. and how to start the TVA, um, and now she's going in search of her Kang to... Mm -hmm to yeah, she's she's a queen in search of her king um that's a, that's but, the episode that is the episode title thank you thank i mean because because what is she what else does she say about free will she says only one person gets free will mm -hmm. the one in charge and that's then right. she says i'm going in search mm -hmm. of free will so if she's going you know if we do the equations you know you you, you divide by yeah you divide by free will on both sides she's going for the one who is in charge. So I, I think that she's going to Kang and now we will see that classic Ravona Kang relationship. Mm -hmm. Well, I, what's weird is that I hadn't considered that she was looking for like a person as much as she was looking for the idea of a free will, mm -hmm. like the idea that there is a, like a realm or a path or a you know opportunity to find you know like you said she she knew that the people um you know in charge had the free will so she just needed to to get there she needs she needs to, to track these people down entities down so that she can better understand um if not take for herself um the concept of being kind of outside of the timeline and subject to the free will. What about you, Randy? It it occurred to me that I, I guess we I, I think that she possibly might have um yes also gone looking for the person who like is, is making the decisions, but I guess also at the same time um kind of seeing what free will has wrought, like kind of getting uh immersing herself kind of in just like the experience so you know you you make a decision uh more clearly when you have the personal kind of face-to-face -face experience with what it is you're dealing with so I, I i agree with you but i would also add that kind of uh human or mortal element to it as well hmm. i mean I, I i fall back on the idea that you know not everything she said to Sylvie was a lie. Right. Like I did. I didn't necessarily buy that she had the wool pull over her eyes uh, in previous episodes. But if you know, if that's what they're saying, that she feels somewhat betrayed by the Time Masters in terms of <clears throat> not disclosing their full nature, 
um, but she still definitely believes in the mission. Right. Mm-hmm. You I know, mean, everything, everything about the TVA is so that it's just a hierarchy of who gets to know what. So, I mean, surely she didn't think that she had all the information, but certain areas maybe she thought that she understood better than she actually did. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm very much here to to kind of see how she makes her way toward Immortus or whoever, <laughs> whatever version of Kang she ends up finding. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because I I do think there have been a lot of things in Gugum Bathurst's performance that have been noteworthy that have been overlooked by a lot of critics. So mm-hmm. I, so I'm, I'm definitely rooting for her. But, I mean, it's tough, yeah. Like, like Kang won. Um, she's either going to end up opposed to Kang, and then she's probably gonna die, mm-hmm. or she's going to end up aligned with Kang, and then people are just going to like stop thinking about her, um, because she's aligned with Kang. So I'm hoping that season two gives her enough of an opportunity to shine that regardless of those outcomes she you know gets the flowers and the accolades that Mm -hmm. we want for her yeah i mean remember though she she still has the opportunity i don't know what their plan is but she still has the opportunity to play rebecca tormine you know she she has the ability to play her variants as well yes that's a fair point so for an actor like this is a you know this is like a dream you know you get to play Uh many different characters potentially so she Uh might be the ravona who ends up basically just being kang's you know henchwoman um or she might you know she might be the one who dies quickly or she might be the 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 vice principal who Uh you know like who ends up fighting for you know the whatever the good side ends up being in the next season um and and weirdly enough sorry to cut you off weirdly enough that would be an interesting origin story right where over the course of the next season you see um what what was her name again uh rebecca rebecca tormine rebecca tormine like seeing rebecca tormine over the course of the six episodes like become like a true blue believer in the tva's mission Mm -hmm. um while you have this other Renslayer, who's also a true blue, true blue believer, but wreaking like a lot more havoc. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the 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 story of how she got to be like judge is is a is a very potentially compelling one. So yeah, yeah, that's you know that is the other scene that we never saw, where she you know how did she move up? How did she become mm-hmm. a judge? And we you know mm-hmm. now that we know that the the timekeepers were fake. And that was Kang working through mm-hmm. them. You know, what was her part in this? Like, what, yeah. what did he see for her? In yeah, this? It, it definitely raises major questions. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping that we'll get a Ravona for this episode uh, to explore this episode. Did you, did you guys those... know that, that Jonathan Majors did the voices for all the timekeepers? So I didn't know when it was being filmed. Well, sorry, when, it, when I watched it. But I saw it um, in the last couple hours. Yeah, um, it that that is another awesome move, and just goes to show that you know when you give our actors the opportunity to uh, flesh out their range, a lot of the time they'll they they won't let you down. Yeah, he was the voice of all the timekeepers, and 
when they cut off uh the one the one mm-hmm. timekeeper's head, you can definitely hear a whisper say "See you soon," which wow. is insane because like you you don't notice it, but now having heard him say it in this episode, if you mm-hmm. go back and and watch, it's there. It's 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 almost like blended in with the music, but you can hear it. You can hear him say "See you soon." Nice, very very cool. I dig shit like that. So we're almost at the end of our show, but I, I'd like to, you know, give you guys the opportunity to talk about any plot element. We didn't talk a lot about Mobius, um, probably because, yeah. you know, he would not, have, not even sure if he is our Mobius. Um, but he did have that one scene with Renslayer where he confronted her. And um, what is your sense of the Mobius Renslayer friendship? Uh, sort of like, We'll focus on past and present. Uh, start with you, Carlos. Um, I I am so interested into like what was Mobius's backstory before joining the TVA, mm-hmm. and were these people friends or more on Earth? Um, was he a teacher? Maybe. Um, maybe he taught jet ski classes. Yeah. But, uh, but no. remember. <laughs> But remember, like her scene is from like 2018, and and Imobius is totally a 90s from, dude from the 90s. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe. Oh shit, maybe he's her dad. Um, oh shit, no. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, um, I'm 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 interested to see like what. It's one of those things where like they kept telling us they were best friends. Did you ever feel like they were best friends? So I didn't feel like they were best no. friends, but I did feel like they were friends. I felt like their relationship wasn't just I'm a judge, you're an analyst, you work for me. It was it it felt cordial. It felt like, you know, it it, it spanned a certain amount of time. The way he talked to her, uh, the way he kind of like, you know, snidely kind of made made his jokes. Would you say though she, that their that their friendship doesn't come around very often because that's basically what she said right like right a friendship I mean, like ours doesn't come around very often it's like i haven't seen anything special about yeah. your friendship i mean to me the way i interpret it that is that just in general like people in the tva don't really form friendships yeah maybe yeah you know um that it was just all business all the time yeah and the fact that they had mm-hmm. a social relationship the fact that they had a rapport um, and that this rapport yep. existed for, you know, eons, mm-hmm. like made them special. But like the minute he comes into contact with a Loki, the minute he's like, oh, maybe this is all bullshit. You know, like Ravona's kind of like, what? I mean, I thought I thought we were on the same side. Mm-hmm. And now I have to prune you because, you know, you're. You're, you're making me look bad. Yeah. I'm a judge. I'm a judge. Because I'm supposed apparently, to... apparently mm-hmm. our work, our work friendship wasn't good enough. You had to go find an actual friend. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, but, like, but that's the thing. Like they never really talk about anything outside of work, and True. I get it because that's their literally their entire lives. Yeah. But but like I just it's it's kind of it's like in Civil War where. Um, Tony was like, I was your friend. It's like, really? Were you? I work buddies, maybe? Like, like you maybe you went to lunch together, but I don't, you know, like, like I don't believe that you guys were going on vacations together. And 
or like he's not helping you move um <laughs> I, I i just don't i don't know that i buy that they're like best friends forever and it was a sacred thing that was betrayed like it just doesn't feel that way it feels like well like i said i i buy it more in the lines of other tva agents don't have it yeah you know mm-hmm. so whatever level of friendship they have is deeper than than what you know than than what other tva agents have that's how that's how i spun it and that's also why i think it made sense that you know when she had the opportunity to prune him you know she couldn't do it yeah you know that she was like i mean look i can kick your ass because you got nothing for me but i'm just not gonna kill you again before it was a necessity now it would be an indulgence and you know there's no need for me to indulge it Um, yeah if if for for season two like what i'm hoping to see is more about ravona more about more about who these people were and how that's informing what they're doing now and and actually very very similar to the lost formula like Uh i want to see what how their experiences in their earthly lives is seeping into their decisions oh, even after their minds what? are being wiped. You know what? That would, you know, I mean, I know it would be super losty, but if you started doing like flashback centered episodes that would show people's lives before the TVA, mm-hmm. that would be a weird but totally acceptable like <laughs> twist on the format. Yeah, I would dig it. I mean, even if it was just one episode like that, sure like i would love to see it as a theme throughout but like give me an episode that shows me like who was ravona in her on earth and how mm-hmm. does that inform what she's doing now mm-hmm. you know because right. because the, the whole idea is that you can wipe your mind but they're not wiping your essence they're not yeah, wiping not, your soul right, there's exactly. still there's you're still in there there's, there's a residual yeah 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 i mean i i think like it it's it's I guess it's just very interesting to me um not just like i don't know it's just like why why do certain people get to the position of judge like how how do you determine that so that yeah we really don't know yet you know so there's a lot of mechanical stuff on the tva that i would love to deep dive on and i think we are going to get that deep dive but i but i also think that you know loki went on a personal journey it took him kind of where he started, but now that he's been changed by the journey, um, I think that he's going to approach the, the relationships with those characters in a different way. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how that plays out. Yeah, he, he definitely is because because like he's in the TVA like for the first time again. <laughs> right. I mean, they, the whole TVA has been changed, and they're like, "I'm sorry, who are you?" <laughs> right. So now he gets the chance to be like, "Okay, now he reassessed how he approaches the TVA situation." Mm-hmm. I want Ravona to um to become the woman behind Kang, you know, like the woman who like supports him and like maybe pays for him while he's in school and stuff, and, <laughs> and, and, like, and she's just like she's there um, supporting him, and like I want her to change her name. Now, will she sing a Mary J. Blige song um, <laughs> at the end of this story when yes. he decides to leave her for a white woman? Yeah. Yes. Um, oh, absolutely. 
I want her to change her name to Coretta Scott Kang. Um, <laughs> nice. You, you waited for it and you set it up perfectly. Nice. Thank you. Nice. Thank you. I, that, is, that is well played. We might have, like, now I'm, now I'm struggling to figure out what our title is going to be. How, how does one follow up that? Yeah. Yeah, we're done. Like, what was the other what was the other show title? It was uh, Queen in Search of Her Kang. Okay. And then Coretta <laughs> Scott Kang. I'm just gonna be like aka Coretta Scott Kang. <laughs> because there's no way we're beating that. Um yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, for that. Um, you have the gift of hashtags and I can name a podcast episode. <laughs> um Kangios. Oh genius. Um, yeah, so I mean, I guess we should leave it there. Like maybe we'll maybe we'll come back for a part two. Um if we can come up with more more ideas for, for the varying cast. But uh, oh, you know what? I should at least pay a little bit of lip service to the predictions that we had, none of which came true, but I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shout out, <laughs> I'm gonna shout out the people who gave predictions leading into the, leading into the finale, because I respect when people, um, you know, try to predict. However, uh, we'll start out with Gordy, uh, shout out to Gordy. He said, the man in the high, man in the castle is Loki who laughs. Um, not true. Uh, there was no laughter. There was no low key. It was well, no. I guess there was a little bit of laughter from uh, from he who remains as he ate his apple, but <laughs> not low key. We talked about um, in the thread. I talked about how it was definitely going to be a Loki in the end because I know everything, and um, <laughs> and that, but that he would go by the name of Mortis, and then you were like, well, what would be the the value in that and i was like the same value as adding sylvie as enchantress slash loki but you know because marvel likes to do these mashups these mcu mashups and i was like he might even go by the name of like he who remains but yeah. it'll it'll definitely be a loki who's like that so i was like so close, so it, close. it was like <laughs> they mashed up yeah. kang and he who remains which of course makes all the sense so yes. i mean you're yeah i definitely remember that someone said he who remains but Loki. Oh. Yeah, no. <laughs> off. So another bad prediction. Uh, black people get Gator Loki. Um, that is not an acceptable racial draft, right, Randy? Certainly <laughs> <laughs> not. It, the only way I would be okay with that is it, like if, if we had drafted Kang and Kang was wearing Gator shoes made out of Gator. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's it. <laughs> well, um, we'll all be shocked and appalled to find out that it, we got another Gator Loki. Uh, Alligator Loki is the top pick, um, but, <laughs> but no, but no, not the top pick. Not the top pick. Uh, did not understand the assignment. Um, <laughs> and here's here's a really heartbreaking prediction uh, from Dostoevsky. Big fan of the show, and we love your support. Um, all we will get is a mention of Kang and his plans, but no real answers. <laughs> we got actual Kang, <laughs> a lot of answers, and uh, yeah, uh, a big old fucking multiverse. Um, yeah. 
I love the I love the pace like the way it played out where WandaVision was the first show and then Winter Falcon is the second show and then Loki is the one that kind of like oh technically these are all phase four mm-hmm. projects, but WandaVision is so much like and this is what happened during the snap and here's all I lost in Infinity War. And Winter Falcon is like, and this is what happened to Cap. And now here's the effects of, you know, the aftermath, like everything of, the snap. Er, yeah, yeah. The aftermath of Endgame. And then Loki is like, the Infinity Stones? Yeah, we keep those in a drawer. And like, <laughs> and th- this is the one that like really, although it is dealing with, um, you know, a character from the, the prior phases, mm-hmm. he didn't experience most of the rest, you know, most of phase two or three. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, this is the one that really feels like it's pushing forward, mm-hmm. you know, even as like Scarlet Witch is definitely a thing and, and Sam Cap is definitely something pushing forward. This feels like all that Infinity Stone shit is mm-hmm. over. Like right. it doesn't, we're dealing with way more than that now. Mm-hmm. And this was, this is the one that makes the, the, the last phases feel smaller. Yeah. Yeah. And in, and in a way by, by having a character who didn't even go through all of the last three phases for the most part. I mean, he went through the first phase. They didn't go through phase two or phase three. Um, in a way, it's kind of like an entry point for this, like the new fan. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, was this your first show? I mean, enjoy. <laughs> we got a lot of shit coming. But I would be remiss if I did not shout out our girl, Natalie. Um, with the final comment in our thread of predictions, um, you would be if you if you know Natalie, you wouldn't be shocked. But if you don't know Natalie, you will be shocked to find out that Natalie predicted that it was Agatha all along. <laughs> Surprising. <laughs> yes. But I guess that's where we should leave it. We 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 went we went in for a little bit. Um, uh, fair amount so um what are you like go ahead and and let the people know you know like what your socials are obviously you can find us on the racial draft podcast network on other shows we're probably still gonna do a black widow show even though you know it's been a minute um like but you know you guys have all have it on your new premier access you paid 30 dollars sure did. didn't you um, <laughs> But so somebody um, did for me to watch it. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, so stay tuned for that. I think I think the show is called Widow Speak. Um so look look for that. Look for the main, the mothership, as it were, the racial draft, where we are continuing to change the complexion of the comic universe, one draft pick at a time. And um, you know, good luck for the people who only have $104 left. Uh, with, with <laughs> 10 more characters to acquire um <laughs> but um but yeah uh randy where can they find you i am at randy s0725 and my hashtag is superpower list and carlos where can they find you i'm at carlos freites jr on twitter and get at me and let's talk about what that spaceship is at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> yes. And like I said, you can find uh, us at Racial Draft Pod on Twitter. You can find us at Racial Draft 
on Instagram or racial draft on Facebook. As always, even though I don't always say it, but you should think about it. If you have iTunes, we would love it if you gave us a five-star review because that would help our standing. And I will actually do the work to find your five-star review and read it on the show. Uh, I have not read it yet because we have not yet received any five-star reviews. So you could change that as a variant might do. <laughs> so in the future, or might be the past, depending on how the loops go, uh, check out our show, whatever episode. And until next time, or until first time, all things are possible. <laughs> What the-